All right. I'm Lee. I'm Elizabeth. And we are back with another podcast. Today, we are going to talk about threes and the conundrum of how they mistype fairly regularly. Yes. And Elizabeth, you have a lot um, a lot of experience. You draw a lot of threes to you. And, I do for some reason. Um, yeah. You, we've, we have a lot of threes around us um, who have mistyped in the past. And so we just kind of want to unpack that. And today, joining us, we have Griff Martin, who is a three, who at one point thought you were a one, right? Yes, so, thought I was a one. Welcome, Griff. We have our ever-present three, Alabel Chapin, who did not mistype. Um, well, I was choosing between one and three, but oh, it was right. it didn't last very long. It didn't last I, long. Yeah. Okay, good. And then joining us all the way from upstate New York via Zoom, we have Elizabeth Winslow. Hi. Thanks Welcome. for having me. We're so glad you're here. And what did yeah. you think you were, Winslow? Oh, yeah. What's that? How did you mistype? Oh, I I was going to say I thought that I was an eight, but it was really more that I wished that I was an eight. But perfect. There, there was a there was an eight. I uh, had an eight time period. <laughs> <laughs> a little a, a brief love affair with being an eight. Yeah, I mean, I guess safe. you can know a three is mistyping when they're real. I mean, when they're just real excited about being the number that they've chosen. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. Yes, I think that's a good way to say it, that you had a love affair with eights. Yeah. I like it. I like that too. I like it. So another reason we wanted to do this, and Elizabeth, you can talk a little bit about how you have found, of course, you have friends around you and folks around you who are threes, who you, we believe, mm-hmm. are mistyping themselves. But then you also, <laughs> we can't, we can't, can't decide, but. There's like 10 people I could have had on this podcast. But I can't because, because they're, they're still she's mistyping. She's the three whisperer. <laughs> she is. She's going to bring them out. She's going to bring them out. Yeah. But then you also have noticed a lot of fours recently that, um, or this kind of four energy where yeah. threes mistype as fours. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? I, I, I feel it a lot. And I've just kind of noticed it in my life a lot. Um, especially you can kind of feel it on Instagram. I mean, I, I have like a, a radar for threes on Instagram, per, like period. I just mm-hmm. do. But um, Russ Hudson was talking to Suzanne on, on her podcast, I think. And he said that it, he feels that it's a movement. He feels it's a thing that that culturally it's seen as successful right now to be a creative feeler. And so there's a lot of threes who say they're fours. And that he 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 is coming across it in his work constantly. So I thought that was super interesting. And you pick up on it a lot in your work as well. Yeah, but it was cool to hear him say that it was like a thing. Because I was just kind of thinking, you know, that I was noticing it in my own little life. So, yeah. Yeah. We don't have any fours that have mistyped them. They have not come... They've not come clean as a three yet, but maybe one day. Yeah, maybe one day. You'll whisper them out. Right, right. So just a little bit bit of a review on why it's likely that threes have a hard time typing themselves. And you guys can jump in and we'll talk to each of you, I think, individually just about your own journey. But the word deceit, right? So if we go back to the sin of each number and for threes, it's deceit, which is just loaded. And um, part of that deceit is that they're adapting 
Threes have spent their whole life adapting to what um, they think they need to do or to be to feel successful. Whatever whatever environment that's in, whatever that looks like, it doesn't have to be the corporate CEO. I know that Alabelle and the three threes that we've talked to along the way, it, it's not. It doesn't have to be your idea of success. It's what they've decided to be mm-hmm. success, and then they just kind of move away from themselves. It, it's hard to know that they are not that that they've become or that they've decided to, uh, to be. And that's, that's the really tricky deceit part. So it's, it's just hard. Number one, just for them to see it because they've lived into that most of their life and they're kind of far away from their Mm -hmm. true selves. Like we all are, but it's just a different, I think it works so well for threes that it's just even harder for them to come back to that or to see them true, their true self. You're an actor on a stage. Mm -hmm that is confusing who thinks you are the role you're playing instead of the person you are. Right. Basically. That's a great, great way to say it. And, and then I think while all Enneagram numbers get, um, when we talk about sin and when we talk about the ways that we deceive ourselves, all of us kind of are a little embarrassed. Right. Um, but I really do think there's something about the word deceit that makes it really hard to, for a three to hear that, you know, to, to take that in and think, oop, yep, that's what I'm up to. Um, so I think that's the other kind of, why would I choose that when I can, <laughs> when I can live into these other spaces, right? When I can be a, you know, have a love affair with an eight or be a one, you know, I can, I can be whatever I need to be. Mm-hmm. And so to, to, to take in that level of in- introspection, I think is really, really hard mm-hmm. um, in a way that probably some of us don't understand. Right. Mm-hmm. And especially if it's working for you, it's working for you. So why, mm-hmm. why, why do that? Why? And and I think too, like if, if they're going, if they're, if they, if a three has an ethos of what is successful and you're living into that, then it's easy for a three to like hear the Enneagram and, and just pick a number that matches their ethos. Yes. That matches exactly. like you picked eight, Elizabeth, um, because you wanted to be the boss. Right. So I think it's just, uh, n- well, that isn't why I picked eight, okay. but yeah, but I do like to be the boss. But, <laughs> but. Well, it just sounded more fun, right? I mean, it sounded, well, it just sounded safer. Okay. Um, I think that was, you know, the, the main thing that attracted me to that particular number is that um, I didn't have, well, you know, the, the eight sort of can like, you know, doesn't, have a lot of access to feelings and feelings aren't a big thing. And it was just like, that just seems so safe to be kind of um, in charge and in control and, um, and to not have to worry about feelings and not have that be a part of who I was or my makeup. And so that was actually what appealed to me about it. Mm -hmm. That's so good. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, okay. you, so Elizabeth has kind of put together some comparisons I on made what some charts. She made some charts that I she's going to podcast out right now. I am. And so Alabelle is kind of, even though she didn't really mistype, she thought she was a one for a second, right? But what Alabelle is going to help me do right now is differentiate between the three and the four. 
So, um, both the three and the four are in the shame or heart triad. So they have that, they are the same and that that's their primary. What's the word, Lee? I kept saying modality last time. Triad. Yeah, but triad. what's the other word? Like, Stance. A, no. Anyway, I'm not going to. Anyway, they're both in the heart triad or the shame triad. So both the three and the four are operating from an inner sense of lack, right? A three is running. They're, they spend their whole life trying to outrun or avoid that inner sense of lack, right? And a four spends their whole life exploring that inner sense of lack, right? So good. <laughs> <laughs> too too much so right mm-hmm. so that's a um, I think I've, I've just kind of pulled a few differences but they're just both they're just very crucial which I just think for me probably that right there is what makes fours so like repulsive, repulsive. to yeah. me and probably to a lot of threes <laughs> yeah because that feels so like gross it's just gross <laughs> right um but I do think let's just spend a, a moment here to 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 recognize that in the shame triad y'all also have an inner sense of lack like it is there it is core in your personality it's always right there and you're just trying to outrun it right so a three goes after what is missing in their life and a four craves what is missing without doing what needs to be done to get it um, and Winslow, Elizabeth Winslow, um, really helped me see that um, very succinctly one time. I have a friend who's a three uh, artist, and she is always doing these things that I think I'm going to do. Like I have this idea, and I'm going to do this piece, and then she does it. And I'm like, damn it, you know. And Winslow, and I, I always kind of, you know, text Winslow and bitch about it to her. And she said to me, you texted back to me one time. What did you say? You say it sucks to have a a creative friend that's a three. <laughs> Is that what well, you said? Who's not doing repress? Right, right. So it's yeah. to, and I was like, ooh. But it, you know, I'm so glad you said that to me because it just made me realize how much I'm getting in my own way. So a three is not doing that. Y'all, y'all have ideas and you go after them. Mm-hmm. You know, you think of things you want to do and you do it. Um, fours, uh, kind of almost, I would say, are a little bit addicted to that feeling of that craving of lack and they want to all, they're scared to not have it because then they don't know who they are. So they almost, that's part of their doing repression is that they just hold on to not going after the thing they want so that they can keep having their stupid inner sense of lack. So anyway, y'all do not have that at all. So I think about that. There's a lot of processing happening like a lot of verbal processing and talking about and exploring that yes um and that just feels like such a waste of time and it is um to me and and it is a waste of time and i think there's like not there's none of that really with threes or at least with me I agree, and I think that um, fours. I think that four processing about what they're missing, they think they're doing something, and they're not. Uh, threes under identify with the flawed self, and that's part of being in the aggressive stance. So as as people in the aggressive stance, all three sevens and eights all under identify with the flawed self, which is maybe a different way of saying what I just said. You know, so and fours. Over identify with see. the flawed self. 
Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, and that's also maybe just a, another facet of what I was just talking about. So I'm over-identifying with all the things that are wrong with me, so I'm not getting anything done. Meanwhile, a three is moving on to do the next thing and the next thing without really processing about whether you should be doing it, you mm-hmm. should delegate it to someone, maybe you're not the expert, maybe the person sitting next to you is the expert, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. So, see, y'all have, I mean, y'all feel free to interrupt me. Okay, y'all. I feel like a, just yeah. like go ahead and do something and then figure out later if it's like who I want to be or what I want or. You know, if anybody's like, oh, can you do X, Y, or Z? I'm like, yes, I can. And then, you know, but it's like it took me, you know, to be this age really to be like, wait a minute, but do I want to? It's really just more about like, can I do it? And that just feels like so good and exciting. Mm. Yeah. And there's also the, the feeling that like, I know that I can probably do it better and faster than whoever right. I'm with. And so I just might as well Get on go ahead it. and do it. And yeah. it's just really hard to not. Like my friend who's a nine who's also withdrawing like a four and doing repress right. was like decorating. We were decorating her Christmas tree the other night. And I like literally had to sit on my hands and watch her put the ornaments on the tree, even though it, the placing was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. And it was slow. And I knew I could do it so much faster and better and more efficiently. But I'm I proud just, of you. I did end up decorating the entire tree, but <laughs> <laughs> I, that's so but funny. But I stalled myself for like maybe ten minutes. Right. Oh, way to go! I recognize the impulse. <laughs> so I mean, I think it's you gave too, her it's too maybe fold. just it's enough like, time to realize she needed you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think some of it is about um, under identified with your flaws, and some of it is about that you just want to move fast, yeah. right? Yeah. You just want things to get done quickly. Which quite honestly is part of your flaw. Yes. Right? Because you're missing, you're missing out on life by not being present. Right? You're just looking, it's, that's the trap of being in the aggressive stance. Yes. Yeah. So also, um, threes and fours both being in the uh, heart triad. Um, threes have a gift for understanding all emotions and they're intuitive about all emotions, but they quickly move on from the dark ones. They definitely do not see beauty in dark ones naturally. Um, and in fact, as Alabel said, is kind of rather repulsed by that. Um, whereas fours have a gift for understanding all emotions and see beauty in the dark ones and have an unhealthy mistrust of cheerful ones. So in some ways, we're like two numbers in the heart triad with kind of a little reverse situation going on there. Uh, I think I mean, y'all kind of, I, I kind of have a question about that yeah. for the other threes. Cause I really am very drawn to darkness as long as it isn't like, you know, sort of aesthetically or with the people that I, um, like, I'm not afraid of you right. know, Chapin, your emotions or right. the darkness. Like I'd love to go to those dark places. It's fascinating to me. Like, I don't think I would want to personally sit in it it would feel awful like there's if it the were difference about there's me the di- per yeah. se but I, I i it's like you know i don't like stuff to always be like chipper i think that's kind of boring right yeah i i mean i agree i think i think aesthetically and also just i like it feels like a like i'm in control if i can like 
sometimes bear witness to other people's dark emotions and be like, wow, I can look at how I can like be yeah, here for this like, and I get it and I can help me. them, but I'm like not there. You know? <laughs> but yeah. also I think for me, it mainly feels like there's an inability to adapt there. It's like if that emotion's there or if that if you're in that dark place, no matter what the situation is, you're going to be there. And like True. I don't understand from my perspective how you cannot – put that away in a moment that I feel like it needs to be put away. And like, I just feel like it's social etiquette, yes. you know? And, but I do think that it, that a lot of times force don't even, they're not trying to impose that on anybody. Mm-hmm. And that's also a three thing that probably I am more aware of it than maybe a lot of people are in the room, mm-hmm. but it does yeah, feel like your insistence on being in that, even yeah. if it's like, a situation where nobody else wants to be in that, mm-hmm. it feels indulgent. And I feel like you should be able to adapt out of it, you know? Right. My, my next, yeah, it's, yeah go ahead. I was- uh, so Tess, my daughter is a four and there was a long time when she, when it was like, Oh, she's maybe thought she was a three. And we, we went back and forth about three and four as she did. And, um, And I think it was really interesting because when she was young and she kind of like, you know, she lived with us, I think I imposed a lot of that. I imposed a lot of like, you know, pull yourself together kind of language and mentality on her. And she, you know, she did because she, she wanted to, you know, I'm her mother and she she wanted me to, you know, be pleased with her. And so, but I think it was like, once she left home, a lot of the four stuff really, really started to come out. And the other day there was something where she was upset and, you know, it was like, I knew it was, uh, she was in a bad mood and it was, or she was just in a mood and it was something that (laughs) triggered her. And we had the stuff that we wanted to do. And, um, you know, there was this kind of explosion of feelings and she had to go up into her room and she was really upset. And, um, I was like, Oh my God, like, you know, I I almost was like, okay, like how long is this going to take? you know, we have stuff that we need to be doing. And now we have to like, you know, Tess is upstairs upset and we, we have to like, you know, move on. And then I realized like, there's no, that like, that it just isn't going to happen. Like I may have an agenda, I may have a timeline, whatever, but, and like, I think that is even within ourselves, like that's the way that I was kind of thinking about how she was like, okay, pull it together. Like, you know, we have stuff to do. I think that's how we talk to ourselves. It's like, you you can deal with this later. There's Mm -hmm. stuff that needs to be done, put it away. And, you know, like if you want to come back to it later, you can, but there's stuff that has to happen right now. We don't have time for this. And Mm -hmm. I think that's That's like a huge difference is sometimes the feelings inside might be the same, but it's just kind of like, what you're comfortable doing with them between yes. a three and a four. Yes. Yeah. Sometimes as a three, I feel like people think I don't know. I don't like emotions. I actually really like right. other people's emotions. Um, right. I don't, but right. then you ask me, how do I feel? And I have no clue. And I've started to wonder if I like other people's emotions, that it's almost like a drug to make me feel like I'm feeling my mm-hmm. own. Exactly. Because it takes so long to figure out what I'm feeling. Mm, right. It's easier to start with, everybody else in the room yeah 
it's like you can try on those feelings or like you were saying, Alabel, you can like look at me uh, uh, with all the intuition I have on board, which y'all do. Look at me, put that to work for for you and kind of being that for uh, everybody else. But when it comes to, you know, like real Mm -hmm. uncomfortable vulnerability that's personal, then that's that's it's a different dynamic. And this kind of is just saying a little bit of what you you were already saying is a three's desire to appear successful motivates the regulation of emotion um, and the disdain for a four's self-indulgence. Um, a four's desire for authenticity makes them self-indulgent. So <laughs> that's, that's, you know, a crucial, crucial yeah. difference. Um, I think it's just kind of what you were saying though. Um, threes are part of the world and are not giving up on the world. The world and the way things are, are part of your kind of your toolbox. Mm-hmm. Um, fours are, doing all of this inner nurturing work and can often do it to the detriment of being part of reality. So that's a, that they are, they're elsewhere. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So that's, that's what I've got for threes and fours. What, what were we going to do next? We're going to talk about each of y'all's mistyping. Yeah. Yeah. So I'd just like to hear a little bit about, maybe we can start with, do we want to do one? So let's start with Griff. Mm-hmm. So I wonder, Griff, if you could kind of recall, you know, you originally typed yourself as a one mm-hmm. and what, what was behind that or what, what, what drew you to type yourself as a one initially? Probably because success looks so good as a perfectionist. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking of myself as a perfectionist. I liked that feeling. Um, I can get things done. I do things well in my occupation. That was important. Mm-hmm. It, uh, it's almost like when you're doing an interview and they ask for your weakness and you give a strength hidden as a weakness. Perfection is like that. Um, and so it was an easy answer to hide. But I actually fell for I mean, I really did mm-hmm. believe it was at lunch with you when mm-hmm. I first realized, oh, this might not this might not be right. Right. Yeah. And I, I think about that often that ones, there is something about the virtue of being a one, mm-hmm. right? There's something about It feels like that. a good number. Like yeah. that's a positive thing to say you're a one. Yeah. And a one would and a never one say that. Just, yeah, the yeah. ones would just start crying. Yeah, you're right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that ding, ding, ding. Yeah. If we can, we could have like a little bucket where we put things. So yeah. if you're a, if you're a, have typed yourself in a one and you think it's a really super duper positive thing, at least initially, hopefully all of us get there <laughs> at some point that we have gifts and graces to offer the world. But, you know, initially I don't know a single one that, mm-hmm. that feels that way. And I think this is a Sometimes. telltale of a lot of threes mistyping. Yeah. Um, I do think what is interesting is to kind of dive into um, oftentimes kind of what the the ethos of what it means for you to be successful and how you kind of gravitate to that number. And you you already talked about a little bit, Griff, but like for a one, you know, kind of choosing the one, I think the virtue of of goodness. Mm-hmm. Um, can you talk a little bit about about that or how how that set set with you or what what you were drawn to in that? I think for me, the one looked like, as a pastor, an ideal one is a good pastor, I thought. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was something that I thought, and there were similarities that I could see 
qualities within me that fit some of one, but not enough of it. And I think I was so turned off by what you said about deceit early on that yeah. even when I read all these numbers, I didn't even really pay attention to three because that <laughs> sounded horrible. Um, it so sounded I, like it would just disqualify you, right? Yeah. Well, in, in our there. culture, I think you mm-hmm. talk so much about vulnerability, authenticity, mm-hmm. and with my occupation, those are such important words. Oh, you can't be that and this. Yeah. That that would be just horrible. Mm-hmm. So I was looking for what I wanted to see there. So good. Yeah. So good. good. Yeah. Um, do you want to do a one three comparison? Sure. And Alabelle, sure. do you remember it all? Kind of oh, what? Yeah, that's a good. I ever do. It's the voice. You asked her about the voice. What it sounded like. What questions they asked. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, I did. So this was when I was twelve. So <laughs> a little bit old of soul a different situation. right here. Yeah. But um. Yeah, I think also what appealed to me a lot was the perfectionism part, the idea of being like, which is funny because I'm actually not that organized, but the idea of being like really organized or something, I Mm -hmm. think that was definitely part of my ethos. I was like the good kid, Mm -hmm. the good grades, the good girl, the the good girl. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And also just not just in like my family, but among my friends, like I was like the very organized one. And so I think that that appealed to me. And then I think something about the voice, um, not that the idea of like a voice talking to me, not that I relate at all to the negative kind of berating like, voice. Yeah. Berating like critical voice of the one. But I think I was confusing that with a sort of, I don't know, like in some sort of inner monologue about how I was presenting to the world in a way, um, or some kind of level of performativity that I guess I was just confusing with. When you say this. you get stuff done, do you take shortcuts? Yes. Yes. And see, that's a big difference. Yeah, that's well, a was- big difference between three and one mm-hmm. is that I take so many shortcuts. Yeah, there were two things for me, and one of them was... One of them was the shortcut. Somebody said, you make it look like you get stuff done. You don't do it right. And that was a big wake-up sign to me. Ah, I'll take a shortcut yes. any day Yes, um, to get yeah. something done. Because totally. it's more important to get it done than it is to get it done right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I, I've actually been thinking about the shortcuts a lot lately. Um, and I think it's kind of like part of my narrative in our family. Like, you know, my mom always talks about like, you know, Elizabeth uses every pot in the kitchen and makes a big mess and doesn't clean as she goes and, you know, all all this stuff. And that like, you know, I'm sort of messy and I take shortcuts and I'm slapdash and, and all of this stuff. And, you know, I've always had a little bit of shame about that and taken that in as my story about myself. And then, but then I was thinking about it the other day and I realized that like, I feel like part of my value to the world is that I keep things moving and that's why people have me around is because I, I move things forward. And so that forward movement is always much more important to me than the details Mm. because I feel like it is what makes me valuable to people. And so it always like makes me feel super misunderstood for people to kind of you know, be critical of me for the shortcuts or the, you know, making a mess in the kitchen. I'm like, I just made this like a beautiful dinner <laughs> dinner for everybody, which there's no way I could have done by myself if I was like cleaning up every last 
carrot peeling or whatever. <laughs> you know, here we are all sitting down to this great dinner or here we are like, you know, in a, a house that is like, you know, at least the top two thirds of the walls are painted or <laughs> whatever it is, you know, it's like, I think, so anyway, I think that is, um, it's something that I feel a little ashamed about and that hurts my feelings. And it's what I, you know, I was like, there has to be some reason. Cause it's not just like, Oh, you know, I'm sloppy. It's, right. I think it's just that I feel like if I'm not moving things forward, then people won't really value me. Oh, I think the uh. shortcut part feels really icky to me too. Like mm. that that's, I don't know. Cause I feel like the end product or whatever ends up happening is always, Really worth good. it to me and it's really good really? and so i don't even yeah. want to like i don't want to get mired in all then like how well, i mean i how feel I like there there are, that's why there are ones in the world <laughs> and that's why there are all these other numbers because right. along the way somebody is like worrying about the details but like we can't all worry about the details right right so like some people have to be like you know <laughs> So, it's just so good. It it's is so helpful. It is. God. Okay, so my little my little three one chart. Um, threes are trying to improve how they come across to the world, and using the world to find their identity within that reality. So it's mm-hmm. kind of like what I just said about threes are part of the world, and fours are kind of inside themselves. Threes are part of the world, and you use the world to create your identity, and that's a real expressive outward thing. Um, ones, uh, are at odds with the world. And that that's also part of the kind of one, four, seven idealist triangle. Um, they are always imagining, um, and trying to improve the world. And so they're at odds with the world. The world is something that they need to perfect all the time. And so that's a, that's a very big difference. Um, ones kind of have this inward nurturing of personal integrity. And so that's a very um, kind of inward act that we are not necessarily seeing, but it's something that they're always working on is they want to come across as having deep integrity and it's this real inner Mm. work. It's kind of a congruency. Like Mm. they want what is happening. Even if we don't know about it, they want it to be completely congruent with who they are all the time. It feels like to me. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so that is a real difference from, from a three who's expressively creating identity all the time and maybe changing that expression from one day to the next, perhaps. And it's also some, quite visible to the rest of us. Whereas with a one trying to manifest this personal integrity that is not visible to the rest of us. Yeah. I think, I think threes live in expression and don't really have much grasp of identity and ones are all about identity. I think that that's, uh, that's good. I think that's, I like that. Um, threes are always striving to match the standards of what they deem successful. And as Lee said earlier, that is so different for every three. Um, as Alabella said before, for her, her, her ethos is to kind of be a good friend, you know, mm-hmm. and that's very different from somebody who wants to be, um, run a, a perfect wellness podcast. You know, I mean, it's just a very, Everybody has their different thing, right? So um, that is the standard. Like whatever your ethos is, is your standard, right? Mm-hmm. And so for a one, they are um, striving to match high standards of good behavior 
as a way of proving themselves worthy and avoiding blame or fault. And for them, that's a more fixed thing. I think mm-hmm. a one has this inner, this fixed idea of what is right and good in the world. And they're always striving for that all the time. But it, there is this, uh, they're, they're, they're worried they're going to be blamed or criticized themselves, right? For not mm-hmm. being good enough. So they're always trying to up that and up that so that they won't be blamed or criticized. Yeah. And there is something to me about how both ones and threes, it's both, both of th- these types b- decide what is good or oh, what yeah. is success, right? I'm like, glad you said that. It's, yeah. Um, it's a moving target. But that's good. I do think that threes can kind of get there and enjoy it. And ones Mm. always kind of, they never, they never get there. Yeah. Like there's always this sense of, um, if, if they, if they did get there, then it must not have been the right thing or it must not have been good enough. And there's a, there's a different posture with a a three. I think you all can move on to the next thing. Yes. Um, Or if you don't get what you want, you just flip it into a success and move on anyways. Right. That's a very different energy. Yes. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, I'm glad you said that too, because that's another crucial difference is that a one is always berating themselves for having done it incorrectly. Mm-hmm. And a three is changing the story to make it seem like they did it correctly. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's, that's very, very different. Very different energy. Yeah. yeah. Threes are not interested in following the rules and ones are. That's kind of a big kind of generalization, but I think the rules really matter to ones. Yes. And they maybe don't matter so much to a three. Um, Unless you're Alabelle and she has a very social etiquette. She has some social etiquette rules yeah. <laughs> about emotions. I have a lot of and rules that I feel I, I make it a rule to break, you know, <laughs> I believe just as strongly in, in that, you know. Oh, well, that's good. plus, like, etiquette is about making other people feel good and comfortable. <laughs> and I think we would all, I think all threes would probably, you know. Want to get, do that. Get on board with that. Yeah. 100%. Um, yeah. But, uh, but I think otherwise, rules are just kind of like, you know, suggestions. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, especially, there's <laughs> nothing worse than a rule that, like, really doesn't make any sense. Like, yeah, you know, it's infuriating. <laughs> I, don't, I don't believe in like following rules out of fear of some no. like dumb consequence. Like I have a lot of disdain for for fearful, weak people that follow rules because they're weak. <laughs> yeah, just because they're there. Awesome. That's so that's so good. Um, uh, so th- ones are constantly stifling their impulses. Um, and threes are generally just not, I mean, you might be, but you're, it's not something you're actively seeking to stifle your impulses. Ones are always working on stifling their impulses because they think their impulses are bad. Right. Yeah. My guess would be that you all would, might stifle your impulse if you to read be o- that it overindulgent won't, or emotional. that it won't yeah. um, get you what you want or it won't, it's going to set you off course. Is that like if you if you have an impulse for whatever or desire to do something like a one's intuition of that might be that it's wrong, right? If it's something I want and it's not in this, you know, black or white category, then 
I'm not sure that I can trust it. You all kind of, I think, read your, and honestly, I, I would guess you're looking at me dumbfounded because your impulses are generally correct, right? Because you, they're so tied mm. to what is, um, good. That's so to good. what success, to what you, you know what you're up to. So you're kind of your impulses are to, to do it right. <laughs> yes. I think that's <laughs> so good. Annoying. I would say if there's an impulse so that's against that, I don't even know if I'd be aware. Of it. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, yeah. I don't know if I would know any sort of desire that was counter. I don't think I'd be aware. We're going to work on that. Because so you got him. <laughs> uh, okay. So uh, another, the last thing I have on my three, one chart is that ones are present oriented. So whatever is happening right now is not good enough. And for three, y'all in the aggressive stance are future oriented. And whatever is happening now is fine. Probably a little slow, right? And you're thinking about how to tackle the next thing. Yeah. And so that's just different energy right there. So now that we we kind of have the chart laid mm-hmm. out, Griff, can you tell us, or do you remember kind of the things that started to, as you were observing yourself and doing some Enneagram work? And I, I also like, so the point of doing this mistyping podcast isn't like to shame people for right. mistyping. Right. Because I, I actually think when I teach the Enneagram or when we teach the Enneagram, sure, it's great when you know your number at the end of the day. But like if you go back and listen to our first podcast, the huge part of this work is that you observe yourself. And then you have this tool to put on top of it to just, it's a better lens to Mm -hmm. observe yourself. But if you're not observing yourself, who gives a crap, right? Mm -hmm. It's Mm -hmm. not really all that helpful. So you were observing yourself. So you think you're one and you, what is tipping you off to, hmm, maybe, maybe not. What are, what were the things? Like Alabelle, I didn't understand the voice because the voice I was, the voice I hear isn't bad. It's usually good and usually tells me to do what is expected and what I should be doing or I think I should be doing. So it was that it was probably a weird moment when one day I was getting dressed and Abby was in the closet with me and she was watching and she said, what are you doing? And uh, she said, it takes you a long time to pick your clothes. And I said, well, I'm thinking about everybody I'm going to see today and what they think what they would think I look best in. And sometimes even that involved taking a change of outfit to work to like look casual if I was meeting you for lunch, but if I'm meeting a lawyer, I have on slacks. So it changed. And Abby looked at me and she went, you know, that's not normal. That's not (laughs) like other people don't get dressed like this. And one of my friends who's a three, I call her. She's like, no, that's how I get dressed every day. And so it was a huge sign to me of, oh, (laughs) like that. And so... I didn't really know what to do because I was really that mm-hmm. one identity I liked. Mm-hmm. Three, I didn't. So I called you and we had lunch and you said the first time I met you, you didn't have the energy of a one. You said the, I knew it right away and I didn't know how to tell you that. Mm-hmm. Um, but so then I did the three stuff and that's when I started therapy. <laughs> <laughs> Everything else. Uh, but the tip off was probably when I realized how much I cared what other people thought about me. And I don't know that a one cares about that at all. Um, 
I think they do, but for a very different reason. So I think that's another reason it's confusing, right? Yes, so that's because good. they yeah. ones are in the dependent stance, so they are looking outside of themselves to hear that they're good, right? So they can't, they don't trust kind of their own narrative or their own truth that they're good. So they're looking outside of themselves for that. But there is a nuance to that that you have to observe and listen. And I think that. Like, I don't know of anyone who would go and get dressed and take different outfits, right? Mm-hmm. Their, their thought about their clothing might be what's practical or what is sustainable or what, you know, maybe how it would come off in the sense that, um, whatever they have decided is, is good for the planet or is the best, um, right way to dress versus, how am I going to connect with this person? How is this person going to see me? Yeah. And I think in that vein with the voice, I think a big difference, or at least this is true for me, is that if we have a voice, it's other people's voices that are, that are in our head or, you know, influencing us. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Yeah, and the but it's thing, imagined, I'm, right? It's imagined other people's it's voices. It's imagined. Like other you're projecting uh, their their yeah. voice into your life. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's not things they've like said or anything. Right. It's totally and you might totally be wrong, right? Constructed. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And Elizabeth Albert, I don't know if this is true for y'all. I also around that same time, one of my staff said in a staff meeting we were on, and she said, "You're the most aggressive person I've ever worked with." And I did not think of myself as aggressive. No. Um, no. I, I didn't really know what to do with that. Mm-hmm. And then I started asking people, and they all went, "No, you're very aggressive." And I would have never used that word for myself. Yeah, my first thought about you was you're you are aggressive <laughs> in an interview. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. And I had no clue. No, no, no clue that I was aggressive. <laughs> I would have actually thought of that as a negative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so good. So good. All right. All right. So, anything else about ones and threes? I mean, you, if you think of something, yeah, you can I want to push back on one thing you yes. said when you <laughs> talked back. about that for threes, we can enjoy when we feel like we've reached it. Mm-hmm. I don't know that inwardly we can. Some of the best work that I've done has been realizing like, so I, my goal is think of myself as a good pastor and I can make a list of what that is, but I never give myself that gift. Yeah. Um, so I think it is an outward celebration. We think we've achieved that, but I never do the same work within my own soul. But do you think that it's because you've been doing work Mm -hmm. and so that inner sense of lack that I was talking about earlier Mm -hmm. that y'all have that you're trying to outrun, you you did enough work to see yourself trying to outrun it? Oh, absolutely. I wouldn't have known that right away. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's... I think it's that so often we get confused with what you're saying is the outer celebration and whether... Mm -hmm. I think that most threes would see that as them being rewarded in a deep way. Mm-hmm. And they wouldn't understand that it's a separate thing. And that is the work, right? That's the work of the three is to slow down enough to be uncomfortable with <laughs> the lack, you know, mm-hmm. that we all have. And to, to realize that whether you do the next thing, whether you are the person that moves everything forward is, oh my God, Elizabeth Winslow, we love you. Even when you're not moving things forward. Right. Yes. I just, yeah. I just yes. don't even know what that means. Yeah. 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 You don't believe it. You don't right. Believe you it. don't really I, I mean, truly it's not about believe believing it. it. I don't even like understand it. And <laughs> it's like, sometimes I'm like, oh, I uh, like this person 
like just loves me for who I am or they just like, but I'm like, I don't even really know what that means. I know that sounds ridiculous, but I'm like, it it just feels a little bit like maybe they just aren't really like paying attention or maybe they're just like really nice and they love everybody. I don't know. It's (laughs) that, that piece of it is really hard where I'm like, well, you know, you're like saying you love me for me, but, um, you know, Right. Let's like, move I, on. I also <laughs> yeah. happen to be me as a person who moves things forward. Like, yeah. what if I quit doing that? Or like, mm-hmm. what what would be so great then? Like, what is it that you love? Like, hmm. you know, it's almost like it's good. I, yeah. I can't even really imagine what somebody would love if they weren't loving me for what I'm doing. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. That's. I think it's so helpful. Gosh, yeah. so helpful. Yeah, to hear that. Okay, so Elizabeth Winslow, you um, mistyped yourself as an eight for a little while. Can you talk to us about kind of what about an eight or how you how you came to that conclusion initially? Yeah, so um, I think that I have a lot of shame around being bossy or aggressive. And so an eight kind of explained that away and, um, you know, almost made, you know, it was like, oh, the eight's so misunderstood. <laughs> and like, <laughs> you know, they're like, they're, they seem really like aggressive and bossy, but you know, they really have this tender heart. And I was like, okay, there you go. Um, <laughs> it's just sort of how I am. I can't help it. Um, which it is how I am and I can't help it, but it seemed like it was just somehow a lot more palatable, kind like of. justifiable. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. There was that for sure. Also the kind of like feeling protected uh, about feelings that um, I think it just like the invulnerability of an eight was incredibly appealing to me. Mm -hmm. Um, So I liked that a lot. And um, I think also at the time I was um, dealing with a lot of uh, with some betrayals in my personal relationships. And so I think that really resonated with me is that like feeling of betrayal, but I I don't think it was the same thing as like an AIDS thing with betrayal. I just think, you know, it happened to kind of like resonate when I heard that word. So Hmm. Yeah. So those, those were the main things. And then it was kind of just like, okay, now I can like put it away and quit examining myself. (laughs) And you you got that eight step down. That was great. And, um, you know, I could just be this sort of like doer who's like maybe kind of bossy, but misunderstood and (laughs) safe from feelings. And now I can just move on. (laughs) (laughs) Analyzing everybody else's number and figuring out how I'm going to put all that to good use. And um, (laughs) that's awesome. That's so anyway, good, um, but I was like going to be a really great, healthy eight. Also, that was uh-huh. the other thing that was fun about it is that like, <laughs> you know, oh, like eights are this and that, but like, see how evolved I am because like, I don't really get in all these fights and I, you know, I don't know. <laughs> anyway, finally, I went up to Suzanne and I talked to her about it after Chapin and I had a, you know, conversation about it in an airport. <laughs> On, on a co- oh, moving conveyor belt, moving walkway, <laughs> pulling moving my walkway. suitcase, and you saying like, "I have something to say to you, but I don't want you to be mad at me." And I was like, "What?" And you were like, "I don't think you're an eight. I was like, "Oh, all right. <laughs> what am I anyway?" I went and asked Suzanne, and I was like, "You know, we're we're like talking about this between a three and an eight, and she was like, "Well." 
you know, I was like, it's the anger thing that I don't really like relate to. <laughs> she was like, if you don't relate to that, you're not an eight. I was like, what do you mean? And she was like, do you enjoy getting in confrontation? So I was like, enjoy? No, like who would enjoy that? And she was like, you're not an eight. Right. Right. So. Oh, so good. Awesome. All right. We'll do some comparison. There, so I'll do my chart and Winslow, just feel free to, um, interrupt or, or add on, okay. add on or, or disagree or whatever. Um, okay. so threes are asserting control while trying to appear within the bounds of social acceptance and eights are asserting control in big ways characterized by domination and intensity. Mm-hmm. So y'all are both controlling. Y'all are both in the aggressive stance, but one is, uh, one is, trying to not get out out of bounds right yeah. and one doesn't even see the bounds right doesn't and you're care both moving forward you right know, but right yeah um the three is in the heart trad so like what you were saying winslow um so uh that heart trad factor is means you're you know that's part of caring about how you're coming across all two threes and fours are really whether they want to admit it or not care about how they're coming across and um that drives a lot of your behavior and eights are in the gut triad and so that's all about instinctual drive um kind of animal drive body um drive and i was listening to I think it was Russ Hudson. Um, I've been listening to the Enneagram Global Summit, and he said something like, when you're hungry, it's that's not a concept, you know. You're just hungry, mm-hmm. you know. You mm-hmm. don't – it's not a – you know, it's not, a, it's not something that you can describe as a, as, as a concept. It's just a drive. You are just hungry. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's where an eight's coming from. Mm-hmm. And do you have anything you want to add to that, Lee, about being in the gut triad? Yeah, I, I mean, I was, when you were like making this comparison about feelings, I do think it can get confused with feelings. Like as mm-hmm. intensity, in the, intensity can feel like, like feelings. Feeling. Yeah. But I think especially when you're talking about eights, they are not, they're just not, they, they, they fi- find out that you had feelings later, mm-hmm. right? Where you all are reading the feelings the whole time. You might not be aware of yours and eight's not aware of theirs either, right? but, but they're, they're not aware, aware of anyone ones. else's, right. right? So right. they might think they're feeling, um, and I think oftentimes um, the gut triad fe- feels like they're feeling, but I like that idea of hunger. I mean, it's hard mm-hmm. to, it's, I, I like it too, um, I it's helpful. It's, yeah, it's a hard thing to describe. And it sometimes is. we can just use feeling words to describe instinct. I don't, we, it's harder to, it's just harder to talk about. I think it is harder to talk about than harder mm-hmm. head. Mm-hmm. I think we're more familiar with that. Mm-hmm. A three's desires are checked by the ethos of looking successful or acceptable. Um, the kinds of questions you're asking are like, what should I do? What should I get? Who should I become? Whereas an eight has unchecked desire by any kind of authority. And um, they're just, they're just kind of expanding and manifesting and getting and doing and getting and doing without kind of seeing 
that expansion within the context of the people and the situation around them. Because y'all are in the heart triad, threes are, you're, you're seeing your action within the context of how people are going to respond to that action. Right. You know, and eight is just doing it. They're just doing it. They're not asking who should I become or what Mm -hmm. should I do next? They're just doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, A three asks themselves, how do I have power? And an eight is the power. (laughs) They are life force. They, 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 and that's again, kind of a different way of talking about being in the gut triad. Mm -hmm. They are the power. They are power embodied. Mm -hmm. Um, So they're not, it's not even something over there that a three wants to get it. Mm -hmm. And you're, you're asking yourself, how do I get that power? How do I get that success? Eight is just doing it, doing it. Yeah. A three uses convention as a tool in order to, to look successful and be successful. Um, an eight is, uh, rigidly intolerant of constraints and is anti-convention. So, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Um, both threes and eights, as you're saying, Winslow, um, devalue emotion and are intolerant and irritated by weakness. But crucial thing is a three is very intuitive of others' emotions. And so a three knows how to use the language of emotion. A three, mm-hmm. uh, like y'all were saying earlier, Griff and Alabelle, that you, when someone comes to you with dark emotions, with complicated emotions, y'all are in the heart triad. You're the center of the heart triad. You are the... You are the pure of heart. And so when someone taps into that with you, you know how to roll that out. You know how to do it. You know how to speak it. Uh, you might be acting it, but you have the language down. You are fluent in the language of emotion. Mm-hmm. Um, I was thinking of it the other day as um, like coffee mate, you know, mm-hmm. like coffee creamer. <laughs> like I can do that all day long. If like the coffee mate feelings, mm-hmm. I'm like so good at that. But it's like the very rare moments when like you have real cream and it's like really <laughs> like that's such a challenge for me, even <laughs> when it's really good. It's like even when something is like really intensely good, sometimes I ha- I'm like removed from it and I have to like kind of put it away until I can like be by myself and process it. But the coffee mate feelings that kind of like look like cream and sort of taste like cream but aren't really cream. I'm, I'm really awesome. good at those. That's yeah. so awesome. And do you think it's because... Like, does it, do you worry being aware of the cream? Do you worry that if you just kind of process that right then and there in real time that you might, it might be too vulnerable or you might look too weird or too awkward or you might start crying or whatever? Yeah, no, I mean, it's not really just like a simple thing is like awkwardness. Like, you know, I think like there's a feeling of like intense emotions might like obliterate you. (laughs) There's there like, it's just, it's too much. It's Mm. too like, you can't maintain any kind of like, um, I mean, who knows what could happen? (laughs) You know, (laughs) if you got like totally swept up in the moment, like all kinds of stuff could be happening in the room around you inside Mm. of you. You might like, say something you're not prepared to say. I mean, just all of that. It's like, it's just, it's too much. Okay. That's so good. The, the, the thing that I, gosh, that's so good. 
Can you talk a little bit more about how when it's happening with other people, because I think eights and threes both do this, and do you just do it with a little more finesse? like Because you're both moving forward. And I watch eights when people start to feel, and it's and it's in the middle of a doing, it's, it's in the middle of a forward motion. They just say, we'll talk about that later. And we keep mm-hmm. going, right? Like, it's just like, we don't have time for this and we move. How, how, what do you, do you all just do that with a little more? I, mean, I feel like the, the coffee mate emotions. I mean, I think I'm not being yeah. paid by coffee mate. By the, way, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> the coffee mate emotions are a little bit of a way to like, be in the space with the person so you can like just like move it along Mm -hmm. like keep it going and and like shepherd it and so it's like you know you know what they're feeling and you can kind of get into it with them so Mm -hmm. that so that we can Mm -hmm. then just like you know but you're doing it to move them along yes well it seems it seems appropriate to do it because I'm so scared of being overwhelmed by my emotions and losing control that if I can just give you a little bit, but then move you on, I almost feel like I'm giving you a gift mm. because then yeah, you exactly. get to, you get to do that right. later than on your own terms, not in front of everybody right now, like mm-hmm. when you have a plan to do it. Mm-hmm. So I think I can do it because I feel like I'm giving somebody a gift of you're going to have space later to do that when not everybody's watching and you could lose control, but it won't be as embarrassing. So I, I think I right. feel like I'm helping someone. Right. Yeah. And yeah. because we're both, I mean, in a situation with, with you, who's a four, and we're both in the, in the feeling triad, I, I feel like usually I'm going to be the first one to be clued in to whatever sort of situation's going on with you emotionally or with anyone. It doesn't have to be a four. So I feel like threes, we like get it before a lot of people get it. Yes. And so it, that's why it feels like such a gift is we're like, okay, I'm here. I'm with you. We're going to get, we're going to, I'm going to say all these things and then we're going to move through and it's going to be done and nobody else is even going to have to get involved, you know? <laughs> right. And yeah, we I, can, we can fix it. Yes. And like, and we don't have to feel it. Right. And, and, and what I would like to say now, of course I'm going to say this, right? But I, I am aware that y'all are moving me through my feelings. Mm-hmm. And I mean, Alabel's, you know, she's good at it. She knows what to say. Mm-hmm. She has, like I said, y'all are fluent in the language of the heart. So she knows what to say to m- try to move me through the feelings. But I, I and I know, like, that's my work too, is mm-hmm. I don't want to be moved through them. Like, you want to fix them and move through them. And I don't want to, I don't want to move, I want to, I should move through them quicker. But I guess my point in saying all that is that it's not, I'm on to you. Like, Mm -hmm. I I mean, I'm not, I think people are on to you doing that. And so I think it's helpful that y'all see it as a gift. Like, Alabelle helped me see, I like the way you said that, Griff, um, that y'all see it as a gift. You see it as loving. You see it as helpful. Mm -hmm. And that matters to y'all. Like, those are good things in the world, right? And so that's really helped me not judge uh, you're moving me through something, you know, it's helped a lot. Also, I kind of feel like maybe you're on to it because like you study this. I was going like, to say that. I was going to say that might be on to Yeah. It, and like but... you've been living with me for 20 years. And so it's kind of a situation, but I don't think everybody's on to it. I think it works. No, I don't, think, I don't think, I think, so if we're comparing threes and eights, yes. like the way you do yes, it, I you. think most people would not know that they've been moved. 
And eight is like, what are you doing? We have stuff to do, right? It's Mm -hmm. a very different, like, they will, that it's going to be one of those times when they have to come back and say, oh, I'm sorry, I hurt your feelings, Mm -hmm. right? Because they're not going to, they are not seeing those as feelings. It's an obstacle to what we need to get done. Right. And so, yeah, we're working with it. So Mm -hmm. you're not really. Yeah. Yeah, so I never got to the the eighth side of that chart. So y'all are y'all are fluent in the language of the heart. You're intuitive. So like y'all said, you're kind of ahead of the rest of us. You yeah. already know the feeling. What's going maybe on? Maybe before we even know the feeling. But and and the eight is the other end of the spectrum on that. They are the, literally maybe the last person to know that there might be a feeling, and right. you're going to probably have to tell them that there's a feeling. And then usually, what I love about eights is that then then they'll acknowledge it and kind of deal with it. But they're but it's not their language. Mm-mm. They're not fluent. When they try to deal with it because you brought it up to them, they're awkward. Yeah. They're awkward about it. And it's not, um, you can kind of tell that it's just not something that they're, that, that, that they're comfortable with or that they even really understand. Right. Right. But so that's a big, big difference. Well, and Winslow, you use the word bossy and, you're both being bossy in this like scenario that we're playing out. You're, you're mm-hmm. both being in charge to move something, to move us forward. Mm-hmm. You're just doing it in very different ways. So you can see how you could read that mm-hmm. in a different, you know, yeah. it's just a different energy, but you are both aggressive and both wanting to, both wanting to ignore reality, quite honestly. So you're both <clears throat> ignoring what is happening. In the moment, you were wanting to move past it instead of being with whatever is happening. Right. And I I think that like a nine who's trying to avoid conflict creates Mm -hmm. larger conflict in their life, a three trying to skip over feelings so that things don't get messy, generally things just get messier in a deeper way, in a more complicated way. Maybe it's not something that they'll see that you that a three would see mm-hmm. but the rest of us who love you see how you're further from yourself mm-hmm. and that mm-hmm. is messy yeah i also do just want to say very quickly that we can also bulldoze but the difference <laughs> is that we just are aware that we're hurting the person's feelings and it just and you've chosen calculated. to do it you've yeah, chosen we've, chosen, to do we've it. calculated mm-hmm. the consequences and in that moment it's necessary for what needs to happen right yep. so it, that can definitely look very eight-ish i'm sure that's good. That's, That's a good, good word. That's really good. Yeah. Um, eights are driven to protect the truly weak and uh, disenfranchised. And I would, I'm not saying that all threes are not driven to the, do that, but threes are not naturally seeking to protect the weak. Eights are naturally seeking to protect the weak. So this that's a, like what I was just saying before about. I actually have issues with people who I perceive as weak, like I was saying about the rule following. We were talking about this. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if this is true for other threes, but I definitely don't feel any need to protect the weak. No, I think my instinct is to kind of like cull the weak. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Exactly. Exactly. Oh my gosh, that's hysterical. The pastor has gotten quiet. <laughs> we know. We know. That's hilarious. Uh, um, so eights are direct. They are intolerant of bullshit. They are not at all manipulative. Threes are masters of bullshit. Threes think they're being direct. Mm-hmm. Um, they are manipulative. 
Yeah. Cal- I'm just going to keep thinking about calculated, calculated bulldozing. Calculated bulldozing. I'm going to write that down. It's I so like, good. That, that could be rib. the name of our podcast. Yeah. Ah, I like it. I like it. <laughs> the calculated bulldozers. That's so good. Um, <laughs> as you were saying or just a moment ago, Alabel, eights are confrontational in general. It's that gut life force thing. They're just that it gives them energy. It gives them pleasure to be confrontational. It makes them feel engaged and uh, connected to other people. Um, Threes uh, get confrontational. Like when you say you choose it or a three gets very confrontational when their machinations are exposed. So uh, Suzanne used to say a cat, uh, a three whose machinations have been exposed is like a cat in the litter box. It's, it's like, it's, it's intense. Um, I think, uh, you know, some of the most toxic situations I have been in, in my life have been threes who've been exposed. Ditto. Man. And it is scary, scary, scary. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think in that, in that case, we have a lot we have something to learn from eights and that often, or there are many situations when it behooves me to just be straight up rather than to do contortions to make everybody, oh, yeah. you know, good and okay. But then it ends up, you know, you Making everything inevitably worse. will be exposed in one way or another. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that's like listening to the three of you and having, it's kind of, it's so great that we have so many threes that are doing their work. The, yeah, right? y'all are awesome. That mm-hmm. you have the language and that you, <laughs> that there's some vulnerability, yeah. quite honestly, in saying, here's our games. Mm-hmm. You know, this is what we're up to. Because most threes, and when, when we say, like when I say, gosh, that's kind of the scariest when you catch the three contorting right Mm -hmm. and it's not successful that that is one of the most intense scariest spaces that can be with the maybe with the three of you when you are exposed but then you have some tools and you kind of want to do the work if if you're a Mm -hmm. three and you're not aware of what you're Mm -hmm. up to man oh man that is yeah that's what's that's the scary piece right that's the um and i feel like i feel like with you winslow tell me if you agree with this um I feel like, you know, you and I became really good friends and we started doing you know, all this Enneagram work together and you thought you were an eight and then I told you you were a three and then you figured out you were a three. And so it's like part of your ethos, I think, as a three is to be a good friend to me, right? Or be a good friend to all your friends. And so you knew when I called you on your bullshit that you better receive it, right? Because <laughs> you're trying to be yeah. a good friend. So, like, you just kind of took it. I mean, I feel like you always take it. Like, I tell you what I think's up with you, and you really take it. And it's well, almost I mean, like what, it's almost you like know, your superpower, though, as a three, helped you in this case. You know what I mean? So yeah, you've I gotten mean, a lot of practice I, under your belt, I think. You've yeah, tried I mean, it on I think a lot. That is why we're friends. I I love being friends with you because you you know t- talk truth to me and it's important and you know I can't take that from just anybody I don't think but it feels really safe with you and so um it's just uh, that's kind of a different story but definitely I remember my first thought and grip 
you know, I'm interested to see if you had kind of the same feeling, but, you know, when you were like, you know, I think you're a three and then uh, like my first instinct was about feeling exposed mm-hmm. and like super vulnerable and like, you know, who am I to say like, I'm successful and a three and like all this stuff was part of it, but also like, oh my gosh, like that, that whole kind of thing that I had shrouded myself with in terms of like feeling safe uh, was just like to have somebody really see me and just period was kind of uh, a little bit scary and overwhelming. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I know I can go there with you. So it was not the same thing as like, you know, anybody else saying it necessarily, but still it it had a very um, like exposed component to it yeah okay you, do you want to yeah, say yeah i think my first reaction when i realized that i was a three was probably to like for a little bit to think no the whole enneagram is bullshit like i'm gonna go back to myers bricks like i want that again <laughs> right <laughs> and because i felt cheap like it i thought i don't really care how much people feel about me no i really am authentic deceit doesn't work it i felt really cheap at first um Mm, it took a long time to get past and to own this of oh this is real and now what do you do with it Mm -hmm. yeah oh that's so good so good um so the shortcut cut thing is another difference um threes take shortcuts eights are thorough and do not take shortcuts. So I'm glad y'all brought it up with a one because I kind of forgot that that's a crucial difference between both three one, three eight. Ones and eights are very thorough. Mm-hmm. And then the last thing I have is um, threes overcompensate to avoid looking weak or unsuccessful, and eights overcompensate to avoid weakness. So it's it, it's different. Does that make sense to yeah. y'all? It goes back to that yes. embodiment thing, I think. Yeah. I think there is kind of the, um, because you're both aggressive numbers, there is the trying to outrun, I think, Mm -hmm. vulnerability that Mm -hmm. there is something about slowing down and being, you're feeling repressed. And so the idea that, um, being still or being is enough cannot, it just doesn't sit with either an, a three or an eight. So I think, there is just, there's something about vulnerability for you all too. It just, you've decided you have different coping strategies yeah, you have different, about yeah. how you are going to deal with, with your feelings and being vulnerable. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, an eight just doesn't want to be weak. It doesn't matter if they're the only person on the planet. If there's no other no. creature, <laughs> right. they just wouldn't want to be weak. No. But a three, it, it really it's about how you're coming across as weak. Right. A three could be the last person on the planet, I would guess, Alabelle, and you would still think someone was watching you. Hmm. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But that's that would be the vulnerability piece. You would still be on the stage. Yeah. And can I just ask y'all, I didn't plan to ask this, but do, how is COVID for uh, for y'all as threes? Because I, I feel like the threes I know – and I'm not, I'm not talking about any of y'all. The other threes I know have really flourished in COVID because it's given them a break from performativity and just having to do all that. What do y'all, what do y'all think about that? Yeah, I, I would, I would agree with that. I think there's something really like, I don't, I don't think most threes would want to say that it's a relief. 
But I think there is an aspect of relief about feeling like, okay, nobody right now can really be that successful. And so I don't really need to worry about like, um, <laughs> like, I, I mean, I can just, there's a little bit of the pressure is off mm-hmm. about how successful I am. I don't know. If yeah, it took, I'm probably opposite that. Uh, but <laughs> my role has seemed to be more important during COVID. So mm-hmm. there's been more performance, more mm-hmm. to look successful in a new way with it. Yeah. What COVID, yeah. yeah. What COVID has given me is time to stop and to say, why am I doing this? Mm. That doesn't mean I'm going to, I'm going to still do exactly what I was going to do, but I just know. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. That awareness is helpful. Mm. That's good. Just slow down. Anything you want to say, Winsor? Yeah, I mean, I think, um, I'd like that the rest of the world is kind of, slowed down a little bit um you know i feel like it it gives me a little bit more like (laughs) opportunity and room even though you know to like i'm starting a new business and um i have a lot to learn with it and i feel like it's given me the opportunity to to do that without having to uh be in as much of a huge hurry as I would be under different circumstances. So I've really enjoyed that. I think um, just overall, I feel like life is a lot more civilized and it it just, I don't know, it feels a little bit um, like less networky, which Mm -hmm. has been nice because even though I'm good at that and I recognize the value of it, it's like, I don't really get a lot of like deep joy out of it. So um you know, I've been glad to, to not have so much of that going on. Any advice you might give to folks who think they might be a three um, or wisdom about folks that are hearing the Enneagram for the first time about what you, you, you've I mean, all kind of said about what threes you, who aren't like, does that ever happen? Well, I think so. What I guess I'm, what I'm asking is like, what is the kind of gift or in ex- kind of accepting your number, like mm-hmm. what what might be the benefit of that, the goodness of it? Well, I mean, just knowing what the reality is and where you, you know, who you are and what you're dealing with obviously has immense value because you can't sort of come to any kind of self-acceptance or um, acceptance of other people if you're not in the right number. Um, so kind of busy performing a number. Yeah, exactly. It's like if you think you're something and you're not that, then, you know, why and what's going on with that? But um, I think just kind of like giving yourself some some space allows you to give other people the same, um, you know, extend the same kind of like grace and generosity to other people. Um, and, and so that's nice. And it's just really a, a relief, I think, to... I don't know. I think I felt sort of like settled into who I was. And this may be because I'm a three. I always felt a little bit like not as having a real strong sense of who I was. I mean, it's a little hard to articulate because I think I always knew really strongly what I wanted and uh, what I was like. 
but I didn't really have a sense of sort of who I was Mm. and coming into my true number and understanding that allowed me to um, just lean in a little bit into like who I am really and to not be so caught up in trying to like pin it on one thing or another. Mm, That's good. Mm -hmm. I think I go back to you said early on about the threes always being on the stage, but I think what you missed in that is I think the audience loves us to be on the stage Mm. a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's really hard for us. We can get so caught up in that, in that performance that when I figured out I was a three, I think it gave me two things. It gave me a chance to leave the stage and rest, Mm. which was really important. I didn't know how tired I was. Mm. Um, And then also I think now I would still use the word performance, um, but it feels like an authentic performance. Hmm. Um, no, that's good. That's good. I mean, I guess at the end of the day, how we choose to walk through the world is a performance for everybody, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. we're making decisions to say things, not say things, do things, yeah. and it's all a little bit haphazard sometimes. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe that's maybe that's a good. Maybe there's some grace around that. You know, I like that. Me too. Mm-hmm. Anything you want to say, Alabel, about like the gift of your number or accepting your number? I, I mean, I think that it's obviously one of the hardest things to realize you're a three for a lot of people. But the irony is and the, the gift, I guess, of doing the work is that you're not actually going to be like you're never going to really arrive anywhere that's like truly successful until you um in some way know yourself or get in touch with yourself and so you're not actually going to like find success unless you have that yeah that's great that's great yeah Hmm. well thank you guys so much for coming i really appreciate it this was very interesting so helpful thank Mm -hmm. you i love to be in with (laughs) y'all we loved having you Spinning in my highest heels, love shining just for you. And they called off the circus from the disco town. When they sent home the horses and the rodeo clowns, I'm still on that tightrope. I'm still trying everything to get you laughing at me. I'm still a believer, but I don't know why. I've never been a natural All I do is try, try, try I'm still on that trapeze I'm still trying